0: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, and CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gozer, founder of HerbertGozer.com. And today we are focused on something pretty fun, actually, the seven do's of running marketing experiments. Um, Now, this is not going to be an exclusive list, by the way, this is just seven that uh, we thought were really vital and essential for people to know, and also I think it'll really help you in your business. And one of the reasons that we feel really interested in this particular subject and really excited to talk talk about this with you is that both Herbert and I are entrepreneurs. You know, we know the ex- uh, importance of running experiments uh, because these experiments really help you reduce risk and really improve the effectiveness of what you do in your business. And also, they're they're fun. They're they're the things that are the most creative and interesting as part of you know of making a business. Exactly. Um, and, and we do a lot of experiments in, in LearnCube. So LearnCube is um, a what we do is we specialize in helping online language schools and particularly tutoring businesses to grow through our virtual classroom and online school. So obviously this is a a startup in many ways. So experiments are very much a part of our our DNA. But Herbert, you run lots of marketing
1: experiments yourself. Absolutely, every single day. Uh, You know, in our ad agency, we uh, manage ad accounts on behalf of uh, language schools and education companies around the world. And I mean, for our clients, we're, we're running experiments as to What audiences are working, what landing pages are working, what messaging, photos, videos uh, are working. So we're doing tests all the time um, to continually optimize and improve our campaigns.
0: So this is definitely something that we're interested in. We're experimenting, um, I guess with this podcast, in fact. Uh, so this is, this is all about, um, you know, learning and, and, and also in, in this particular case, we're trying to share those learnings with you, uh, because really there's no one way to do something. Um, there's no one way when it comes to marketing. And actually sometimes the
1: very thing you think will never work actually does. Oh yes, experienced that many times before.
0: <laughs> uh, Herbert, how would you sort of explain this? You know, why are we experimenting in the first place?
1: Right, you know, basing your experiments on on hypothesis and to to see if it's if it's going to work. You know, a simple yes or no question: Will my um opinion, will my hypothesis work? Uh, and as well as finding those initial opportunities out in the market, um, finding what sticks, what, what works, and then starting to optimize them uh, a bit later. Uh, also, you want to very quickly identify and stop expensive mistakes. So, uh, strategies that are, are losing money or are wasting money. Um, you know, cash is king, so you want to preserve revenue as much as possible. And also, finding opportunities. Um, that perhaps your competitors uh, haven't found yet.
0: That's right. So, so marketing experiments, just like product experiments, pretty much every part of business should be constantly creating experiments because we don't know everything. The market is changing, and there mm-hmm. are plenty more opportunities uh, to uncover. And if you're not uncovering them, then probably your competitors <laughs> are. Yep. Now. Um, let's start off with our our dos. Now, again, these seven do's are not uh, they aren't gospel, uh, but we had a lot of fun and we found that. this was the um this was the the condensed version of, of really how to run experiments. And uh, let's go through them very quickly, and then I'll go through each one. So the first one being you know having a really balanced portfolio of experiments. secondly, to know what metrics matter. Thirdly, to build, measure, and learn, and really following that lean methodology. Uh, Four, starting with a really wide net. Number five, know when to fold them. Six, really keeping it cheap, but also getting enough data. And then also letting the data make decisions for you. So those are the seven that we're going to cover in this podcast. So let's start off with number one. Um, and I, I actually, we, we had a bit of fun sort of talking about this first one because it was on having a balanced portfolio of experiments. right? And, and we kind of got to it because, you know, this is the same conversation that financial managers have about what's your portfolio of stocks, what's your portfolio of investments. Exactly. And experiments are like investments, right? That's why we run them is because there could be really – like small upside and then can be massive upside. Mm. And and so you have a mix typically of very safe bets, some kind of moderate bets and some really risky bets that have real upside. And I think that's the important one with whenever you're thinking about risky investments, make sure there's a big enough upside because <laughs> there's risky and dangerous with very little upside and there's yeah. those that really can have uh, – you know a really strong upside so yeah have have a little I I think that's one thing I would like to caveat on with that because also you should think about this also in terms of risk of downside so if you do something totally crazy like even let's say something now that's like really on topic something that's and we've seen it I'm from New Zealand um, we saw it with like a burger chain that was like Slightly racist with their, like, menu options. Like, that is risky, but I don't see there being high upside with that kind of idea, right? So, but that's just an example of, like, hey, that is a marketing spin, but with probably much higher downside risk than upside risk.
1: Right. I mean, you know, when it comes to, say, you know our our niche, Alex, yeah. language schools and and tutoring uh, companies. Maybe uh, a risky bet could be going into an unknown market. You know, spending yeah. time and resources into exploring uh, a new, unfound. Uh, region or market, yeah. um, without knowing if it's going to pay off and you might invest a lot of time and resources into that and not, not go, get anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it obviously depends on your, uh, company's risk appetite. Um, you know, there, there are many, uh, methodologies to that. To go big, go hard or, you know, play it yeah. safe. Um, yeah, it really depends.
0: <laughs> But I think whatever kind of entrepreneur you are or whatever kind of business leader, marketer you are, there is an aspect of, I guess you want to tip the odds in your, in your favor is probably my, my point. Right. And it's the same idea behind a portfolio of, you know, financial investments as an example. Very rarely do you see everyone heaping uh ninety percent of their life savings into Bitcoin unless you're right at the start of your life when right. you, know, you can afford to kind of make it up and uh, you know over time. Uh, exactly. but even still, like that's not something that anyone is really going to recommend. So typically you're gonna see your risky bets at maybe like what forty percent of your you know, pretty risky. Um, yeah. but otherwise you've got a bunch of moderate and safe experiments that you're still gonna really want to run because that's, that's where awesome. you've probably got the highest chance and Actually, it reminds me of our previous episode, Herbert, on you know pick a niche, and mm. we were talking about you know how do you pick pick a niche, and a lot of that comes down to you know how do you tip the odds in your favor. It's usually an, uh, a market that you know, um, a specialty that you know. So those are what we kind of call sort of safe bets when it comes to marketing. You want to have enough of those because that's yeah. there is a good chance that they will work, but um, you know, try and also find some opportunities that maybe you didn't really realize were there. And as you say, Herbert, what are some of the ways that we could look at experiments? You talked about location. What are some other experiments when it
1: comes to marketing that are, are, are kind of good categories for people to think about their experiments? Right um you can uh you know experiment with uh, different demographics yep. um experiment Channel. with channels obviously whether that be LinkedIn TikTok YouTube etc yeah. um experimenting with you know different messages and yeah. ways that uh, angles to promote your um your offer yeah. uh and landing pages for example Yeah Yeah and like even copy like video or yeah. short video gifs or
0: Tips, exactly, or, yeah. or means, of, <laughs> whatever that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So these are experimenting lots. with content.
0: Yeah. There's not going to be a shortage of things for you to experiment, and I guess hopefully these next do's will help you figure out you know, where to start. So, so number two we have are on what know what metrics matter with your marketing experiments. So know what metrics matter, and, and again, this is something you're very familiar with. Herbert, because a lot of people might even come to you and your agency and be like, hey, look, I'm running ads
1: and I'm getting lots of likes. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Uh, and then I dig a little deeper. Right. So your ads got thousands of likes and uh, so many new followers for your Facebook or Instagram uh, page. And then I ask the question. So how many leads or how many enrollments or registrations or bookings did you get? And and then they're like, oh, um, I actually don't know. (laughs) Or they're like, you know, one or two or in some cases zero. And so you've got to focus on the right metrics and know what metrics are important for your uh, school, for your company. Um, Stay away from those vanity metrics. I mean, they're, they're a good way of measuring how your overall campaigns are going in terms of are they getting views Are people liking what you're putting out there but at the end of the day uh is it getting you the contact inquiries the free trials the the, the conversions um paid customers so looking at kpis like your click through rate um conversions of course maybe on linkedin uh the number of started conversations or relationships and dialogue instead of just the number of connections you've been able to generate in a month. Um so yeah, those are some things to think about. I really like that. And I think also
0: when this really ties into when you're running experiments to be very clear on one clear goal before mm. you start it because otherwise yeah, and the reason I say before you start it is otherwise it's really easy to get oh well okay Let's look at likes though. I got a thousand. Likes. It then can kind of get you into a validation trap. Whereas exactly. before you start, and you say, actually, I expect this is a this is an ad that I believe should convert. Then you should be really looking at what your conversion rates are. If you think it's something that is key to part of your process, let's say you're doing a multi-step approach and you're wanting first of all people to get to let's say a demo. Well, then, you know, you need to have a clear goal of if I spend this amount of money, I expect to get this many demos because I might and and you'll need to know because the number of demos might lead to sales. And so you're going to have a relationship with those. So number two was know what metrics matter. Number three. Now, this is totally a copy and paste. And I want to really be clear about this. this is from. Uh, the lean startup sort of methodology, which is build, measure, and learn. So it's really this idea of a cycle. And this idea of a cycle of experiments where the experiment's never really finish. It's like I create the hypothesis, I build the experiment, I measure that experiment. that's why it's really important that you don't do experiments where you don't have a clear idea of how you're going to measure. Because mm. that's why it really... What sort of feedback can you rely on? And I think also the reason I say that is I've also made this mistake myself. It's very easy to get fall into the trap, well, I spent a bit of money and I had some good conversations, you know. <sighs> uh, that was probably good, and you kind of might put that into the learning, bit, and it sort of is, but I would really encourage you to find ways that you can um, really measure whether that experiment worked or didn't. Yeah, uh, And the more honest you can be around that, the stronger and faster those experiments are going to be. So definitely check out the, the Lean Startup if you haven't seen it. It's got some really great advice on whatever stage of business you are. If you're a very mature business, you should totally read it. If you haven't already, if you're at the very start, you should totally read it because it's going to be a very important part of um, yeah of your journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, the The other things that it really talks about, uh, do you want to, do you want to actually mention any of your take on the lean startup?
1: Is yeah, it- I mean, I think you just mentioned a really good point, Alex, about, uh, whether, whether or not you're a mature business or, or, or a startup. And um, because a lot of mature businesses sometimes forget about, uh, you know, continuing to run experiments because they've got their processes, processes in place. They have their markets kind of all tied down, but they maybe have kind of closed the the shutters, the windows to new new opportunities and ways to innovate. Yeah, I think anybody, and I
0: just realized how guilty. Well, actually, to be fair, we're we're trying a bunch of things trying podcasts and webinars, yeah, we <laughs> and YouTube, uh, you know, uh, channels and playlists to to kind of help provide content to um, the folks that be interested and in, and in, in what we do. Um, but I do think it would be very easy once we kind of run these experiments, we go, great, I had a good experiment session. Now, where do I allocate my budget? Okay. I'm just going to, you know, put it on these two channels. Mm. And I, I think anyone, and as I say, I'm noticing this to myself, always keep some budget open for experiments. Absolutely. It's fun and it's really important <laughs> because it allows you to see opportunities that probably competitors have missed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so always have that. Um, but number three was build, measure, learn, and really looking at lean methodology there. Now, number four was to start with a wide net, and tell us your experience with
1: this Herbert. Right, I mean, you know, at the very beginning of, I guess, any experiment, you want to keep things as uh, broad and open as possible. I mean, for example, you know, it's not something very uh, specific, when running ads, um, at the start, keep your target audience quite broad. I mean, one, because the um, algorithms are, are usually very sophisticated and are able to narrow in on your target audience anyway. But, um, you know, if, if you really narrow the the, the net um, too early on, then you might be missing out on opportunities. So, you know, that comes down to audiences, that comes down to the platforms that you choose to Advertise on or um, you know, promote your services on. So, um, yeah, don't make the mistake of narrowing your experiment too early.
0: Yeah, I think this also leads on to this idea of um, getting caught up with this idea. And actually, it, it's it's when people are really going hard on these safe experiments because they're not. Mm. After a while, they're not experiments. You're really just tweaking. Making like minor changes. Let's say, and again, I just realised how uh, guilty I was of this right now here. But uh, in emails, you know, you moderately change the subject line, like by by keeping those two subject lines. I'm just using this as an example. Really similar, but changing one word. You might see fractional differences. What you're really looking for when you start experiments is just see if you can just hit some balls around and, and see what, what really goes and, and really create some big contrasts and extremes in those mm. early experiments. Of course, making sure that you've got enough budget to follow this up. You don't want to only have extreme experiments at every time, but the more extreme they are at the beginning, at least you're going to have some very big yeses and very big noes, which will really mm. help you. Triangulate uh, which, uh, which 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 uh, marketing strategy is going to work for you, and, and I think the other I, I just had thought had thought of an exp- an idea there Herbert. I remember my parents getting onto Facebook and they're sort of in their seventies now, and I was mm-hmm. like, what are they doing? You know, like this, this, this <laughs> the our place, and um and I just think of the people that were like, oh no, Facebook is only for you know, millennials or whatever it was mm. at that particular moment, if they had kept that net really, really narrow, they would have missed out on all of those amazing, you know, very well, uh, you know, a lot of um, elderly people, certainly in Western countries, are often have a lot of money. <laughs> so that's a pretty right, huge yeah. market. Yeah. Um, and yeah. a lot of people would have uh, missed out on that by not having any experiments running with different demographics. So I think it's just a, an example I thought of, of where
1: yeah. –
0: narrowing too early or narrowing forever mm. and often get you into a bit of a blind spot um number five uh we ha- again had a bit of fun when we were thinking about it it's really just know when to fold them know when to know, and, and sorry when i say this it's not just retrospectively knowing when to finish your experiment it's at the beginning at the beginning um, you want to set what is the time limit I'm, I'm having for this experiment and what's the budget limit. So keeping time bound and budget bound because without those at the beginning, it's going to be very easy to extend that experiment and that might be stopping you from doing another experiment. So just realizing that there's always an opportunity cost when it comes to running experiments and, um, and uh actually, it just reminds me of another thing that we were thinking of before Herbert. I'm just wondering if we're going to talk about it later, but it was this idea of there's small companies that are running experiments and seem to run lots of experiments, and then you've got yeah. big companies that often run very few experiments. Yeah. It's actually the bigger the company, the more experiments you can run It's not the well, opposite. they should be running it yeah well, they have, they, have, they should have more resources, right. Yeah. <laughs> But often you don't see that. Often you see the mm. startups doing all of the experimentation when in fact they only have certain resources that they can, they have at their disposal to even run them. But I just, it's an interesting insight that actually, particularly if you're a mature business, you should really be thinking about experiments because if you have much more capacity to learn and to run experiments than even say a, a startup. So just a, something yeah. came into our conversation.
1: That's but, true. Um, I, I also feel that if you're under, you know, time or resource pressure, then you have to come up with creative solutions, right? Whereas if you have you know, an endless budget, um, then, you know, it's not very pressing to find, to find a creative solution. You'll just buy the
0: solution. <laughs> That's it. So that just by creating constraints, you create creativity. Exactly. So, know when to follow them, and I guess yeah, it's sort of that same idea, uh, that idea of the casino, right? <laughs> so, mm, exactly. Uh, go into a casino knowing what you're prepared to walk away yeah. with. Uh, Your you stock losses. Don't go into a casino mm-hmm. with a credit card and go, well, I'll just see if I'm lucky today. Uh, yeah. Same, same sort of principle. Now, number six was, again, we had some really good discussions on this. It was number six, keep it cheap but also make sure you get enough data. So, Herbert, you've got some great feedback here because we were running it, and we're like, is there a rule of thumb here? Because it's going to be really easy for people to think they're running lots of experiments but really not putting any money down or time into it, in which case they Mm -hmm. they just don't get enough data to be able to conclusively say yes or no, which is what you really need initially from an experiment. Herbert, tell us your
1: rules of thumb, maybe. Absolutely. I mean, again, you know, you you want to keep it as cheap as possible and not spend a, a cent more than you need in order to get enough data to make a decision. Um, now, right, uh, yeah, we 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 really crunched the numbers uh, when it when it came to this, and I had a look at some uh, numbers from clients, and you know, when it comes to converting say a cold lead you're running cold traffic campaigns to uh running ads to people who have never heard about you before you know a good conversion is anywhere from half a percent to 1% again you know this this can vary quite wildly and um, this, this is particularly for education so this is talking correct. about
0: tutoring and language you know if you're trying to get language students or tutoring students this is probably a bit of a baseline that you might be aware of or even observing in your own numbers.
1: Exactly. So then you, then you also need to work backwards with those numbers. So if your conversion rate is, you know, half a percent or, you know, uh, uh to a percent, um, language schools and tutoring companies from our experience, uh, can get clicks for Anywhere between 40 cents to a dollar, again, depending on uh, how expensive your course is, uh, which would mean that an experiment should cost anywhere from, say, $80 to $200 in order to generate um, an, an acquisition based on those numbers. Um, yeah. Just, just, just with with the, uh, just, just saying that. Your numbers might be different um, to that, uh, and you, you know, need to find out what your acceptable cost per acquisition is, and then kind of work backward from that.
0: I think that's great. I mean, I mean,
1: that's that's the lower
0: end, by the way. So it could mm. be eighty dollars. It could be two hundred at the lower end. Mm. Uh, now, again, you might have a maximum, but again, we were like, oh, is there like a rule of thumb? And quite frankly, without knowing what your end price point is, it could be you know, much, much higher than that. But there probably is going to be a range where you're like, you don't have enough budget to be able to run that many experiments. So I guess, I guess your budget then becomes the maximum. So if you've got a budget of a $1,000, and you reckon that you can run an experiment at say hundred dollars? That means you've probably got a hundred dollars uh, per experiment. So that's ten experiments you can run. Right. And you're, to, and you're probably going to need experiments in in a multi-level way. So for example, the first experiment might be just you know a yes or no: are they interested or are they not interested? And then you're going to need experiments going on from that to see you know, can you get that to a viable range? Because perhaps that first experiment is like, yeah, I can get them, but uh, it's very expensive for me to get that 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 first acquisition. But you feel mm. some confidence that maybe another experiment might help you get to half that that acquisition cost. So the point being is you'll need to look at your budget, figure out how many experiments you run and then figure out what your risk profile is to be able to decide on, you know, and also you've got to prioritize which experiments you think have the biggest upside as well
1: compared to their risk. Exactly. And you're always testing kind of one thing, whether that's the, the audience, the ad copy, the photo, the image, the landing page. And, and the idea of, you know, running these experiments is to get better and better and better and know your customer even more. So that you can bring down that, uh, cost for acquisition, the, 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 um, bring up the click-through rate. Um, yeah.
0: I think that was a really good point. That's the point we, we discussed before, which is knowing the metrics. But again, I think it was a really good point to reemphasize emphasize there, Herbert, being very clear on what your goal is. Yeah. Um, but then it's also about, you know, we thought of some, some easy ways to make it cheaper uh with your experiments, so one just as an example, I've heard of um say, a tutoring company going, oh, okay, I'm going to test a new website, I'm going to mm-hmm. you know get get it professionally designed and then get it professionally made custom for me, and it's probably going to cost me about five thousand to twenty thousand dollars to get this one. Wow. That yeah. is not an experiment, that is an absolute hope for the hope for a home run. Particularly yeah. when you
1: put that in contrast to what's possible, which is using landing pages. Exactly. You can, uh, whip up something, uh, within a day. You know, it doesn't need to have everything on it, but yeah. you need to, um, have an MVP, like a minimum viable product that also applies to landing pages. Get that up, uh, drive some traffic to it and then see what the feedback is, see how people are going through uh, your sales funnel. If they yeah. are, um interacting with your call to action.
0: And if they're jumping at the uh you know, they're just jumping for joy when they see your website and you're absolutely current then yeah, probably you're gonna to be totally happy to to create that website. But just to be very clear that creating a website or redoing your website if you're spending big money is not an experiment. It's mm. it's a it's a position.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, we also, uh, so you t- talked about being very clear on on your testing, which definitely reduces the cost. So the clearer you are on what you're experimenting experimenting on with one thing at a time, really helps your um, your your process of t- deciding whether the experiment is successful or not. And the other thing is just being very logical and sequential about it. So, you know rather than swing yep. from one side to another and really not having any logic or process or strategy behind what you're testing, that can be very experiment uh expensive um, with your those experiments exactly. so our last point is uh to let the data make the decisions for you so uh, this is this idea of really detaching yourself from. The outcome of your experiment um and really looking at the data and again this is your your jam herbert this is what you're looking at constantly and also what your customers are looking at to judge performance um tell tell me about your take on letting the data can we let data decide for us i mean people think about intuition you know um but what's your take on it
1: Right. Uh I mean we always let the data uh make the decision for us. Um we have a hypothesis. We you know test different ad copy, audiences, images and photos. We put it out into the marketplace and then we see you know what is getting the most conversions, what's get what what has the best uh, click through rate, etc. and we base our decisions based on that hard data rather than being emotionally attached to, I don't know, this one video that we spent all this time creating and you know, it has our favorite student in it and we're like, oh no, but we really want this to work. You know, that's 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 a surefire way of spending a lot of money um, on possibly something that, uh, you know, doesn't resonate with, with your audience. So um, you really want to use the numbers black and white to make decisions moving forward.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe I've got a couple of ways to help people think about this. And again, this is totally applying to me, so I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this and actually, oh, wow, I should be doing more of this. (laughs) Uh, But the first one was when you're creating those um, experiments, first of all, I was talking about, you know, whether you have got intuition about whether it's working or not. Usually that intuition applies to trying it, but usually it's still you should look at the data to say whether that intuition paid off. So exactly. intuition totally is is relevant when you're like picking channels or making the experiments in the first place. But the data should tell you whether that experiment is is working or not. Right. Again, one thing that I've heard and I know works, but I'm I know I've not done this before is this idea of um, trying to prove yourself wrong. So rather than saying I know Google Ads works. I'm going to prove that Google Ads works. Do the opposite. Go yeah. with the impression that I'm going to prove. So my my hypothesis is that Google Ads doesn't work. And you might prove yourself right. You might prove hey, it totally just doesn't work for what I've tried. <laughs> and I should try something different. So um, go. That that's one way of helping you detach yourself emotionally from that outcome. The other way was what we were just talking about before, by making your experiments sort of almost cheap and. And particularly at the beginning, disposable,
1: because mm-hmm. if
0: they're disposable, then you've got no vested interest in it, which is great right. if you're running a success. You know, because that helps you run a much more true and successful
1: experiment. Awesome.
0: So let's summarize with what we've actually covered today. So hopefully we've uh, explained why it's so important to run experiments and how everybody should have at least some of their budget devoted to experiments. Um, Now, the seven do's are to have a balanced portfolio of experiments, to know what metrics matter and having that one clear goal. Number three, to build, measure and learn and really look at lean startup methodology. Number four, start with a very wide net. Number five, know when to fold them. Number six, to keep it cheerful, but get enough data. And number seven, to let the data make the decisions for you. Great. So, uh, Herbert, um, I've had a lot of fun with this. Um, and also, look, thank you to our listeners uh, for listening in. Uh, the goal of our podcast to get more students is really to give you that those insights, some inspiration, some motivation for your marketing of your tutoring and language school. Um, We release a new episode every week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to the podcast so you can get a glossy new episode to your device each week. Um, And we really have a lot of fun with this. So please give us your feedback. Um, You can catch me at support at learncube.com and you can catch Herbert
1: at herbertgosa.com. Looking forward to the next one, Alex. Absolutely. See you then. Bye.